Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends pretend to be bartenders and talk about gruesome murders. Each week, we feature a new cocktail, which has to tie into our stories. Although we are a casual comedy podcast, some of our subject material can be explicit. Listeners, be advised. Hey, everyone. That was an interesting way to say hello. Oh, I didn't like it. Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be someone else and I didn't like it. You got a lot of sleep. Oh, my Lanta. I have been running off of three to four hours of sleep every night. It's for, a form of torture. For consistent, consistently for a couple I weeks now. I think if I had known that that was the case, I would have given you a much harder time about your sleep. About getting enough sleep mm-hmm. or not getting enough sleep? Like you would have told me to go to bed? Yes. Yeah. All of that was phrased very strangely. <laughs> I would have insisted upon you getting enough rest. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. I understand. Anywho, hey guys, um, today we are doing the espresso martini. Mm-hmm. This one, I love this one. It's I haven't. Very, I love coffee. Yeah, I love coffee. Uh huh. I can remember being a child and pretty regularly grabbing my mom's coffee because she would drink it black, so it smelled the best, mm. and just inhaling the smell, loving the way it smelled, and then I'd give it a little taste, and I hated the way it tasted. Mm-hmm. Didn't taste like it smelled. Yeah, took me a while to get into coffee. I used to I used to go to coffee shops with my mom all the time, but again, you know, my palate wasn't ready for coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom you also would, don't like hot things. I don't like hot things, and so my mom would get me um, a cup full of like foam of like whipped like the milk foam, yeah. and then I would sit there and pretend to like drink coffee. And that's fine. now I like love the taste, but I can't do the jitters. You should never drink coffee. Okay, so you guys, if you've never had an espresso martini, there's vodka in it, which fun. Um, <laughs> There's espresso in it, which, ooh, upper yeah. downer. And there's also Kahlua. So you have that nice. Kahlua's delicious. Mm, it's so good. It's so good. Like when uh, we had the Spanish coffees. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Kahlua. It's all about White the Russians. It's in White Russians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you get coffee, mm-hmm. are you a uh, black coffee, something in your coffee? Uh, when when I order coffee, I usually. Oh, that's right. You asked for a splooch. <laughs> forgot about the splooch when i ask for coffee like if i'm going to a coffee shop and they have the little squirty things then i'll ask for a splooge of vanilla in my iced coffee okay in an iced coffee uh-huh okay yeah because i don't like hot things yeah i think i'm pretty mood dependent if i'm out for coffee i'm probably not gonna get a black coffee because i'm out and it i don't know it's like like ordering chicken at a restaurant. You can make chicken at home. Yeah. The same thing with my opinion on scrambles and why I always get... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're treating day. yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this cocktail, delicious. Uh-huh. I love coffee. Yeah. And I haven't liked the past couple... Well, there's been a couple... I feel like you often remember not liking drinks you said you liked <laughs> when you taste them. I know. Which one? The Bennett. I like the Bennett. The I, Bennett was I, good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think you've liked the last couple we've had. Eh, who's to say what those were? <laughs> not documented <laughs> there's been so many cocktails between then and now sure yeah 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 but you guys definitely uh head over to our instagram and check out how to make this we learned about this from a fan yes oh my gosh uh thank you to i'm gonna try to try to pronounce it and then i'm gonna just spell it this is fun always fun uh hamza 97 i don't think you tripped at all h-a-m-z-a-h 97 hamza 97 hamza and he's like hey guys 
My name's Hamza. I love your <laughs> show so much and listen every week. I used to be a bartender in Australia, and a cool coffee cocktail that isn't really popular here in the States is an espresso martini. And then it kind of goes into the history which I will include into the history I'm about to tell you about this cocktail. Okay. Um, a lot of this information came from DiegoBarAcademy.com. And Hamza. And ha- Hamza, yeah. Okay, so the espresso martini was invented by Dick Bradsell in 1983. So not that old. Uh, he was working at Soho Brasserie, and it was originally Christian, the vodka espresso. And cocktail le- legend has it that a young future supermodel came to uh, the bar and asked Dick to make her a cocktail with coffee. And Hamsaw said that it <laughs> that the woman walked up to the bar and said, I need something to wake me up and fuck me up. Yikes. So, um, and so Dick was like, I got you. So he mixed uh, vodka, sugar, coffee, liqueur, and a shot of espresso. Um, and there you go. The espresso uh, martini was born. Uh, oh. In case you uh, were wondering, Dick also came up with a couple other cocktails. He came up with the Bramble. He came up with the Russian Spring Punch and the Treckle. I have no idea what a Treckle is. The first two sounded like I'd like I it. I feel like a Bramble. I feel like I've heard of a Bramble. Here's why I think I like it. Yeah. I love blackberries and raspberries, and I feel like those come from Bramble bushes. Mm. Do you remember when we stopped at that... That bushel place, and we picked all the berries, and we ate them off the vine? Yes, that was quite fun. Yeah, that was that amazing. That was Kimberly's, like, we had to do that. That was, like, you could tell it was in her mind. Yeah, because we were coming it back was from so fun. Portland, and we were coming back to bed. Her brother came down? Yeah, fun. and we stopped at this, like, place, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. We had fun in Portland, and we were all... <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. So hungover. We had fun in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and when we got to berry picking, I was like, oh. But it was so nice to, like... Yeah, we didn't off. Didn't feel well. No, we picked the off the beginning. vine and we were eating all these berries. And it I, gave us a, our, our its reju- rejuvenative juices. What the? How do you say that word? Don't ask me. I feel like you might get it. Rejuvenation. I really got it. Rejuvenating juices. I hate it. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then we passed out in the car afterwards to make Kimberly drive home. Yeah. Um, anywho, so back to this cocktail. So he made all these cool drinks. Um, but so he originally called it the Vodka Espresso. And then he changed bars. He went to the London bar called The Pharmacy. And then the cocktail started to be uh, it started to be known as the pharmaceutical stimulant, huh. which doesn't roll off no. the tongue. Look at how you tripped all over it. <laughs> and then um, he changed bars again, and he started working. He became like the head bartender at Match Bar EC1's um, bar, and he started calling it the vodka espresso again. Um, but because it's traditionally served on a martini glass, it was then yeah, yeah, dubbed yeah. the espresso martini. So yeah, that's your... <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's your espresso martini, uh, cocktail history. It's good. Yeah. I think that kind of wraps up cocktail hour for this evening. Okay. Do you want to tell it me? It always makes me laugh when you say it for this evening. <laughs> it's, it's afternoon time. Yeah. It just sounds, because cocktail hour, oh, I feel like sure. should be at it's night. The, so, well, it's five o'clock. Yeah. Co- cocktail hour is five o'clock. It's five to six. To be fair. To be fair. It is quarantine, and I feel like that's Vegas time, so it could... It could be 9 a.m. and it's it's a flat circle cocktail hour. It's like a circle. Yes. (laughs) Um, Do we want to jump right into these meritors? Yes. Okay. Here's the deal with mine. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to just tell you about this person. Okay. So feel free to pepper in questions. Isn't that what we do every week? You just tell yeah, me about but a person? like I'm, I'm not reading anything. I'm just telling you, and I'm gonna, it'll be kind of disjointed and all over the place because I'm gonna remember different things at different points. Perfect. <laughs> but this, this I texted you earlier really scared me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna tell you about Israel Keys. Does that name mean anything to you? Do you want me to tell you the truth? Yes. So. You guys are super weird about telling me the names nowadays. And so when I went to go search, I started searching and this person came up and I read through it. Okay. And I was like, oh, I got the perfect one. And I told Cameron, and she and she's was like, like mm-mm. Mm-mm. but fun fact, I don't remember anything I read about the case. Here's, here's the other part of it. Yeah. There's no way in you doing your brief initial research mm-hmm. that you got all the- I spent like four hours. Crazy. Did you really? No. <laughs> I was going to feel awful. <laughs> I was like, why don't you guys tell me the name so I know not to... It was like the boat one. Remember the very first episode that we did? And you called what... Quickly. What his nuggets. And he was the only one who kept popping up. And I was like, I can't click on that or that or that. It was so frustrating because I knew that you had an I'm so case. surprised that this one popped up. So I guess. Anyway. Yeah. The reason I know about this person, so this was one where I told Kimberly, I was like, this is a really interesting case. I didn't know that much about it. Um, I was like, find me a tie and a drink because I want to talk about this one. And then she saw this tie. And so this is Kimberly's tie. And you'll you'll see it in a moment. But I had heard about it because Mike at work read a book, an entire book uh-huh. about Israel Keys that had just come out. And he was like reading it and he'd be like, you could tell it was like he was having a visceral reaction to how crazy this story was. And he'd like tell me little parts of it and it would freak me out. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to look up and I'll put it in somewhere. What I didn't read the book, but I would recommend that book to people just based off of Mike's recommendation. I listened to the podcast True Crime Bullshit. Ooh, that's a fun name. Oh, my God. It is so good. So the first two seasons are about Israel Keys. Literally Whoa. hours upon it. If you're looking for a serial um, podcast that's all about one story, it's exhaustively researched. There are a ton of – so there's hours. There's maybe 15 to 30, I can't remember, um, hours of interviews with Israel. Mm-hmm. And they play a bunch of those clips and like recap t- talk and like try to suss out because there's a lot of like unknowns with the case. Um, but it has been an incredibly, I think I'm halfway through season two, um, but it's a really good podcast. So True okay. Crime Bullshit, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And obviously I'm not going to be able to touch it. Like there's just so much. Mm-hmm. We're if a casual anyone's at podcast. All, if anyone's at all interested in this story, listen to that podcast because it'll have way more details in it. Okay, so... Israel Keys, a woman at a coffee shop, like one of those little like drive-through small uh, like coffee a shops, yeah, 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 um, goes missing, mm. and come to find out, the police kind of get in this run around where they think it might be. That's my tie, coffee shop. <sighs> <laughs> I like how Kimberly had to like whisper to you, hey, that's your tie. When she was like, coffee shop. I was like, yeah, I said it was a coffee shop. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. Thanks for listening. That's what I said. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Your tie to the espresso martini. <laughs> coffee shop. Coffee shop. And that's why you came across it. Yeah. Um, I, and we'll get to why sh- that case is so tied to Israel Keys. So 
this woman goes missing. And at first they're like, oh, is it the boyfriend? Uh, why didn't he report this right away? Like there's some weird stuff with the family and the boyfriend. So it kind of throws them off a little bit. But then like, no, then they exclude them. Then um, a uh, like a, a text met like so her phone is still like her ATM card works and they're seeing pings places and a text message comes through like so she texts the boyfriend and she's like, hey, we're done. Blah, blah, blah. Something that like didn't sound like her. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it's to the phone. There's a picture of her and a newspaper. And it's like a ransomy, yeah. hey, drop this money here and proof of life, blah, blah, blah. So they find a ping on her card. They end up getting Israel keys in Texas, I think. Somewhere not in, because this is up in, Lang- in Anchorage in Alaska. Yeah. They catch him. And then it's like Pandora's box of who is this guy and what has he been doing? And it turns out that, and that was like two weeks later that they catch him. He had abducted her, took her home, where he lives with his girlfriend and has what? his 10-year-old daughter. What? And there's like a shed in the driveway, like off out of the way. And he... Check your significant other shed. <sighs> oh my gosh. He tied her up. No. And he... And he raped her and he killed her and then because it's like cold it's like anchorage it's snowy out she's just frozen in this shed he gets his girlfriend and his daughter and they fly down to texas i think they drive they're gonna go on a family vacation they're gonna go on a cruise what with the rest of his family and meanwhile she's dead in his shed yeah and then he comes back and he's like, oh, I got all this stuff, proof of life. He sewed her eyes no. open no. to take that photo. No. It's so twisted. So there's this whole, the, the Anchorage case. And her name is uh, Koenig. Koenig, Koenig. And so that's what he's picked up on. And they, and he has a lawyer provided to him. He hates his lawyer. He's really smart, Um but he's obviously got a screw loose. Is he gonna um, like represent himself during his court case? He he yeah like yep, in, yep. in future stuff called he, it yeah. <laughs> he's like I don't like this lawyer and blah blah blah. So essentially he's kind of like look, you got me. Um, I know how this is gonna end. I never want this to go to court. Uh, I want I'll sign a deal. I want an execution date. I want to know when you're gonna kill me. Whoa. And they're like, uh, okay, hold on, okay. So, like, through all these interviews, that's his thing. Like, he, and he's so normal and casual talking about things. And is he like a Ted Bundy kind of? He kind of emulated Ted Bundy to a degree. Okay. Um, but he has the scary thing about him there's no MO. It doesn't matter how old you are, what your age, sex, race, orientation. Like, he would plan. How many people did he kill? He would plan the murder. Who knows? Oh. He would plan the murder. And then it was if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, because that's where he was going to kill someone. Ah. He killed people at campsites. He Like, he would go to small towns. He would go to uh, inaccessible places. Mm-hmm. He, like, when he was up in Anchorage, like, he worked out in 
like Inuit, um, Native American reservations and like, like vans, you know, expansive land in Washington, same thing. So he was always close to or worked in areas where there was lots of space. Mm. He also would, he buried kill kits all over the United States. What? So he would fly to a random place, rent a car, drive a thousand miles, and then bury a five-gallon bucket with guns and rope and Drano and all sorts of stuff to kill people and get rid of the bodies. And it would be there for years. What? And then like later he'd be like, oh yeah, I got that kill kit out in Vermont. Yeah, I'll go to Vermont. I'll do the Vermont murder now. That's insane. So he so he had these like two lives so when he was super young so let's go way back so when he was super young he was in a family that would kind of skirt from one extreme religion to another at one point they were fundamentalist mormon at one point they were super super amish at like they would go through all these different okay. like uh and he would find himself again because he's in these extremes uh in circles with like people with really extreme like uh racist views uh anti-government mm. um strong second amendment gun stuff um so he grew up in this very structured that he didn't necessarily agree with and there's debate about whether or not he was homosexual or had hom- homosexual inklings or, or or tendencies um he had a longtime girlfriend when he was young that it was like we're gonna get like we're super religious we're gonna get married um but he was always a little bit off so at one point he was i don't know nine ten like he's an adolescent and he takes a sibling and i think a friend there's a little group of kids and they all go out to the woods and he had tied a cat to a tree no. and was torturing this no. cat and everybody else starts freaking out. Yeah. Somebody throws up. And then this is when he realizes, oh, I'm not normal. Yeah. I don't. I can't share this part of me with anybody. I need to hide this part. And I need to start behaving this oh. other way to get along with people. So he kind of splits. And he kind of and ran marathons, had girlfriend. Like, everyone was always like, he was a little bit socially awkward. Mm-hmm. But in no way did people go, oh, he was a creep. He yeah. was a, like got along like he was one of those people where people were surprised yeah so his adolescence is strange he's got again he's got this girlfriend off again on again like the parents are into him they're not into him um he at one point goes into the army so when he's like 19 20 ish i think he goes into the army Mm -hmm. and the family is not thrilled with him being in the army and everyone in the army that's with him um is kind of like i'm surprised by what ended up happening with him and like reading about him in the paper he just like drank about i don't think he ever drank growing up but when he became mm. when he was in the army he started drinking a ton he was a mean drunk mm. um but he really like had no interests like he loved guns and he loved drinking he never really brought girls back on the base he never really dated girl they were like he just kind of was israel you know mm. everyone calls him is and they were like wasn't really friends with him we were friendly um didn't keep in touch afterwards he had a roommate matthew that he was really good friends with and they did all sorts of stuff together and when fbi were interviewing matthew he was like well i guess i'm not really surprised i'm surprised that it took him so long and that he got caught because he's really smart uh like matthew had people some people are kind of like a little questioning of yeah matthew and if, weird if maybe response. two sociopaths that kind of met each other <laughs> but so 
the first instance, and this is the one that Mike told me that really freaked me out. So at one point, because he moved all over, like he lived in New York, he lived in Washington, like he's strong Pacific Northwest roots. At one point, he was living in Maupin. 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 Uh, big put, uh, takeout for the Deschutes and like yeah. rafting and all that. So he was there. He was working as like a contractor. He's young. He's probably like 19 or younger, maybe. Um, and so this is when he's being interviewed by the FBI. So all his hours of stuff that you hear, they never talk about the Anchorage case because it's its own thing. That lawyer is involved and Israel can't get rid of that lawyer. And it's its own nightmare and he's trying not to have all these multiple jurisdictions he doesn't want to go on trial in this state and then go on trial in this state Uh and and he really doesn't want anything he doesn't want his daughter to know about all this stuff he doesn't want his girlfriend he's like i just want it to be over you got me i killed people put me to death yeah and he's got these weird um when you say the anchorage case is that the first one you told me about first one i told you about so believed to be his last victim okay um he that one is all wrapped up in its own red tape and bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So when the FBI are talking to him, they're like, you can't talk to us about anything that has to do with the Anchorage coffee case. Because if you do, your lawyer has to be here mm-hmm. and you refuse to be with your lawyer. Like we can't, we're in this weird catch 22. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about anything else, any other crime, any other time, any other location you can talk to us about, but you can't talk about Anchorage coffee case Otherwise, it messes things up. Mm-hmm. And he like, and he's like, and like he's super exasperated and annoyed by it. And he's like, okay, fine. But he also won't really give them details about stuff. He'll drop little hints, like he's playing a game. Mm-hmm. And he like they took his girlfriend's car as evidence. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want her to get her car back. Like to you guys, it's not a big deal. Like you're you combed the car and it's sitting in a lot for you guys. And he's like, she takes that to work. You're really inconveniencing her, and she needs her car back. Yeah. So is the thing like, did he? Did they have evidence to show that he was part of other crimes, or is he just like, hey, I'll tell you about all these other crimes I might be involved in? Because so they, they got get... they got a sense pretty quick off of him that this obviously wasn't his first crime. Okay. So now they're like, how many, like, we need him to tell us because we don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So he has the upper hand, mm-hmm. but now they know that he's, so now they're like combing through everything. They're going through all his computers. They're going through his houses. They're going through all of his travel records. So he kind of slips up and he assumes they know more than they do. Mm. And so he gives them some information that then sends them down some paths. So he is obsessed with missing person cases. And has there's 40, <clears throat> 40 or 43 different searches on his computer about missing people. Mm. And so some of them obviously couldn't have been him because he would have been too young. Some of them can't be him because they're obviously convicted other people that did them. But some of them, they strongly believe, are his victims. So what's he, the connection with those other cases? So uh, there, there are th- therapists that think that he romanticizes um, missing people and mm-hmm. he's like obsessed with it and he kind of gets off on reading on the stories. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is reading the stories just because he likes the idea that people went missing. Okay. And then the other part is that he wants to learn from the past uh, mistakes of others for how they got caught. Yeah. So that he can adjust his plan. Oh, he's doing research. He's... one. He would notoriously, they found out, go to, so he, so let's say he killed a person in this town several states away. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't Google that victim's name because he might not even know that victim's name. He would 
Google the paper in that area and then put in a keyword and then find a story about the person. And then in the comment section of the newspaper, he would get into fights with people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he just can't help it. No. So he so they know about the coffee case, but they can't really talk to him about that. The FBI can't. That's the Anchorage police are dealing with that. So now the FBI is like, okay, uh, we have your computer. We know that you search things. We've found the searches for. So they tip they get him to say, okay, there was this couple in Vermont and then he's also like, the jurisdiction thing is a problem because I would take them from one state, I'd kill them in another state, and I'd bury them in another state. Jesus. So this, cu- and like, and they're how, like he, so he also was super into breaking into houses and burglarizing them. He was super into arson. Uh-huh. And he was into robbing banks. What? What? And the robbing of the banks, there's debate and the FBI is kind of like, he would use the money to fund, like he'd hide it in his kill kits. Uh-huh. He'd use it to like travel all over the place and have no, have nobody have any idea where he is. Um, but he also like start as you start listening. Like I, when I got further into the story, they start making these ties, and the running theory is that he, because it was all about um, exhilaration. Like he would talk about getting amped up, uh-huh. and so the bank robberies were really. What got him the most excited, uh-huh. but he would have to get amped up to do a bank robbery, and the murdering and torturing people amped him up. Enough so to they do. were like, every bank robbery that they know that he committed, because he'd have these disguises, and they, but they kind of figured out some of his bank robberies. They're like, okay, he does that a couple days after he's killed somebody. Whoa. So now who are missing people in this area? At this time, like, so then they started yeah. figuring out murders based on his bank robberies. How or, many or bank robberies? That they so they think 11. 11? They think 11 people. They think 11 robberies. When does this happen? 2013-ish. What? So it's a 20-year span of, yeah. like, him. But, yeah, 2013, I think, is when he got picked up. That's wild. But so... So now let's rewind time. So now we're in Maupin. We're in Central Oregon. Not about Maupin. Yeah, we're in Central oh, Oregon. Man. He's a teenager, like a young adult teenager. Okay. Uh, he was really familiar with the river. I think he would go rafting. Again, he like had friends and he would go do stuff. Uh-huh. So he was really familiar with that stretch of the river. And like as they're talking about it, it's like, I've been. Yeah. On that stretch of the river, I've been to the, like I know the type of uh, like porta potties that they're talking about. <gasps> So they've been redone. So now they have these like solar sawdust spinny uh-huh. special like because when you when you when you go whitewater rafting with Michelle and Jeff, you camp at these like dispersedy kind of campgrounds yeah. that have a pit toilet that have all been replaced. But when you're near that toilet, you can see the old tank like capped over tank of the old ones. Mm-hmm. So it's back then because this was okay. several years ago. So there was a group tubing down the river and i think this girl got out and was going to the bathroom basically like he says that he separated her from the group yeah and then he took her to that bathroom so i don't know if he like got her at that bathroom or took her like pulled her out of her tube or what but her friends are unaware she's out tubing he takes her to this bathroom no ties her up no and the whole time she and then he was like He's like, I was going to kill her. Like, my whole plan was to kill this girl. And that uh, he goes, and I kind of lost my nerve. She kept talking to me and she kept telling me, like, you're so handsome. Like, why are you even doing this? Like, 
I would have gone out on a date with you. Oh, smart um, girl. So he, I, he rapes her but doesn't kill her. He's a teenager at this. He's point. like nineteen. Okay, so that might have been his first attempt. Even that's what they say. There's people who are like, "There's no way he didn't do stuff before that." But when he's being interviewed, he's saying that was my first step over the line. Yeah, I intended to kill her, and I changed my mind, and I didn't. And then I just put her back in her tube and put her back in the river. What? And she never reported it. Like, no. they went through all these records trying to figure out who she was. Yeah. And they're like, there was nothing like that reported uh, at the time. That poor girl. Oh, my God. And that's scary. That's, that's so scary. terrifying. So that's way better. That's... Ugh. Then, so then he becomes this contractor and he starts doing these big contractor bids where he'd be like, oh, he had this whole plan where he would go in after natural disasters. And take advantage of victims of natural, like he was what? like, if there's a hurricane, ah. I'll come in and I'll be a contractor. And it explains why I'm there for work. And like, that was a whole plan of it. So what they were actually able to pin on him was up in Anchorage. And then the, the couple that he said that he killed them, he stole their car. Then he was like, I was going to rob a bank, but I, their car was so shitty. I couldn't trust their car. Like it was oh. overheating and it oh had like God. coolant in the back. He's like, so that kind of scrapped that. Like he's so casual and like, and he laughs and makes jokes. It's, cr- it's, it's like he really lived creepy. eight lives. Like yeah. all this, all these different things that he did, like don't in my mind match up like with the they bank don't, robbery. And they the, don't. The torture and then like the other life, like the regular he'd, he'd life. He set these fires and then he watched the fire. So he said that when he would burglarize stuff, like that part of that was um, learning how to break into houses for killing people. Like all mm. of it was kind of the same to him. Like he was like, honestly, he's like, I really like robbing banks more. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing to say yeah. and then he, so the and the bank robber like one of them they were like yeah we got you on film where he's got this disguise and he has the note he was just gonna walk up and t- like hand the note yeah. to the teller but he walks in with the note and pulls his gun out uh- <laughs> and he was like yeah i kind of like i was really amped up when i went into that one and i kind of started losing control so there's all these like he's in control but he's also not in control mm-hmm. Yeah, and like so, they had the like the leverage that they had was how he didn't want because he did seemingly seem to care about his family, that his daughter not be reading about all this stuff in the news, mm-hmm. and that his girlfriend. So his girlfriend had this job where she would travel all the time and like train people with stuff, and they don't think she's a part of anything. Like mm-hmm. he was like, no one knew truly who I was, mm-hmm. um, but he could use traveling with her to get to different parts of the state. And he's like, all right, you're off at work. I'm going to rent this car. And he'd drive 200 miles and go. Jeez. So the the True Crime Bullshit podcast guy, um, his theory that kind of matches with a couple other FBI theories is that he had killed K- Koenig up in Anchorage. Then he had flown with his family to go on this uh, cruise. But he was gone for like three days because they were also like hanging out with family. Like he gave his daughter to his mom and was like, hey, I'm going to go do whatever. I, oh, because like, everyone was aware that he would like bury guns everywhere because he was kind of strange about guns. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm going to go bury some guns. And his <laughs> mom was like, why don't you just leave your guns with me? And he's like, no, no, no. I got to bury these guns. Yeah. So then he leaves and he's got this rental car and he's like, and he turns his phone off because he doesn't want it to ping on town. Yeah. Like, he's super sophisticated. Like he would go through extreme steps to not be caught. And he just got really sloppy with stealing that girl's atm card and using it like he like it just kind of who knows how many he got away with before he got so loose and sloppy and Mm -hmm. got 
amped up, as he would say. Um, but so there's also, so now they like go through all these like, well, he was here. What's a 300 mile? Okay, he rented this car and put 1,500 miles on it. Where could he have gone? Who yeah. are the missing people? Oh, it's crazy. wild. And there's like, there's so much, th- there's just too much and it's all fascinating. Yeah. And listening to it is just, I've just made myself so uncomfortable for the <laughs> past week. You kept texting me. You're like, I'm scaring myself. And I was like, don't tell me a scary story. Well, I go to, like, I go to places where someone would nab you. Yeah. He, him specifically, like, so... He's in jail. He keeps demanding. He's like, I want my I want my execution date. I want my execution date. And they're like, okay, but like you have to understand, like, we've got all these states that have a really big problem with the fact that you killed people and they need to give closure to those families. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're not trying to have a million different trials and you're trying to keep this all federal. Um, but like you gotta get so there's this there's all these different like deals that they're making with him to get the car back to his girlfriend, to keep mm. things like to not so like for a whole year. His name gets mentioned for the Anchorage case in the very beginning, and then he's not in the news for an entire year. The FBI keeps their word. They're having these quiet conversations with him. They're making deals with other police departments, being like, hey, you have a cold case. This is the case. This is the name. We can't tell you who it is. We can't tell, but we'll give you closure to tell the family, like, the case is closed. We have found the killer. They will be brought to justice, but you don't get to know. Ever? Even after his execution? There, so, like, some states agree to it. Some states don't. Like, there's all this different. Mm. So it all, and then, like, then he starts to kind of slip up and give them more information. Then they come back. They're like, okay, well, you said this thing. So now we have a warrant for your house. And we're going to go, like, Kristen's not, like, it's his girlfriend. They're like, Kristen's not um, playing ball. She will like, if you could talk to her and tell her, like, she just needs to say, this stuff's his stuff. This stuff's my stuff. This is, like, we're not... We're not after Kristen in any way, shape, or form. And he's like, I haven't talked to Kristen. Like, Kristen's mad at me. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, and then he'd say things like, it's really hard because my family all think I'm innocent. And I obviously did all these horrible things. Uh. And, um, and he goes, that's something they all have to rectify for themselves and blah, blah, blah. So he gets to a point where he starts to get really nervous that he doesn't have control anymore. He's not going to keep it out of the news, that the FBI can't keep it out of the news, that it's all too much. Mm-hmm. And they had inadvertently issued him a razor blade oh. that they didn't know about. Oh, no. That he still had. Oh, no. And he, he killed himself. No. And took with him all the answers. Oh, my God. So now they're still combing through stuff. Like, that's part yeah. of this podcast is the whole second season is him being like, I'm going to go through these missing people and try to connect as best I can yeah. and talk to people that had to do with the case. Wow. Um, but, I mean, he's he's... He's dead. He's not. There's no way that we'll anymore. ever know all no. that. Oh, that's so sad for like. There's, there's people who are like, twelve is a is a decent. They're like it could be double. It could be triple. And you mentioned in the beginning he didn't care about like sex or age or or did he? Mainly- he had no mo. Like he yeah, okay. literally would be like, I want to like he would have this thing where he's like, uh, I really wanted to rape someone in a church. Uh-huh. So I would go to a small town and if he, I'd find a church that like, he's like, churches are pretty, there's nobody there midweek. Yeah. He's like, so I knew I wouldn't get, like, no one would, you know, come across what I'm doing. And they were like, does this have to do with your religious upbringing? And he'd be like, ah, no, I just don't. He's like, you know, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. And, um... And you kind of laugh and be like, I think it's, you know, funny to do that there. And so you just form a fantasy and then just plug form- people in. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd be like, okay, I from this trailhead, I'm going to 
take somebody. No. And then he'd be there and he's like, oh, there was this girl and she was jogging with this, like, oh, he was somewhere and he saw this girl. He's like, I was going to kill this girl. And she had a really big dog with her. It was like a mastiff. And he's like, so I was going to shoot the dog. Ah. And then I was like, he had this whole plan. He was like, that's who it's going to be. Like, they're here and I'm ready to go. And then like a cop car drove by or like some just random life. And then he'd be like... Ah, no, I guess I'll go. I'll just set this other house on fire. Yeah. So stories like that, like... Cause There's nothing they, you can do. Like, they, they tied it... He, they tied him to the Anchorage one and then the couple. Mm-hmm. And then so he kind of told them tidbits of these other... He would tell these little stories. And then they'd be like, okay, we know that you were in Texas on this. Tell us about that trip. And he'd be like, well, I was going to... And some of it, they're like, he's lying about little things. Yeah. He'd be like, I was going to, and then I didn't. And then would be like, he probably did. So yeah. now let's figure out who it was. And yeah. Oh my God. That's such a robust case. Like that's insane. It, yeah. I thought, I, I think it's really interesting how like normal he like sounds like he has a family. He has like, yeah, like let me pull a daughter. A picture of him. Like if I think it's also weird that he, he wasn't just killing. He was like doing bank robberies and like arson and also, like he was yeah. all over the map. Yeah. But it also seemingly, I don't know, normalized. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Everyone like, and they described him like the pictures don't really do it justice. Like when they were talking to all the army dudes that were friends with him, they were like, he was huge. Like he was big, broad shouldered, super strong, tall. Um, everyone, they were like huge nose. Like everyone described him as like big and not like fat, like not like, but like skeletally really yeah. big. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Like, impa- like uh, imposing. Yeah. What was the name of the podcast? you listen true crime to? bullshit okay i'll have to check that out yes everybody should yeah there's yeah there's so many things where i'm like ah, i'm missing all these. like yeah it is so good yeah Ooh, jackie great story yikes i should have went first <laughs> dang it um you guys we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back bye bye welcome to the intermission do not adjust your television sets <laughs> we have taken over um new review <gasps> this just in on itunes interesting and fun us yes oh okay this is from sammy 1976 yes five stars what thank you i teach forensic science oh what when i first started read that one uh-oh uh- <laughs> i'm like contact us tell us all the things so it probably goes without saying that i'm interested in crime i found this podcast about a month ago and it has become a favorite jackie jackie and drea talk about heavy subject matter making it fun while still taking the victim seriously i listen every evening on my walk or jog thanks guys oh that's a really nice review super sweet thank you sammy sammy if you're listening hit me up on instagram let's talk forensic science we got some questions i like really want to know because you know when you're in a class like in college they're like here's the reading material this is Mm -hmm. legit yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i want i want someone who's a forensic expert to give me a reading list be like read this if you want to know this book is bonko this book is good yeah because, I, you know, I could Google it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't. Sammy, tell us. Sammy. You, I'll bet my sister, like, she could reach out yeah. to Corner. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want. I want a, <gasps> I want a true crime reading, like a, like a. Yeah. Yeah. I want a reading list. Have you been to a crime lab? Uh, uh, like seen the, like, 
flume hoodie stuff where yeah, they yeah, do yeah. the fingerprints. My and... mom took me to, yeah, I don't know if it was through a You program. went on a bunch of fun field trips with your mom. Yeah. She's a nice lady. She's a good mom. <laughs> She's a great mom. <laughs> um, it was like, it was probably like forensic for kiddos, but we went to like. Forensics <laughs> <laughs> for kiddos. <laughs> But we went to like the police station of sorts. Your fingerprints are in the system. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they like showed us the evidence closet, and there was like bloody clothes, and we Ooh. got to do like finger dusting thing, and we just got to. Wouldn't spend it be a- funny if it was just like a haunted house, like all of that was like <laughs> just for like kids. my miss miss yeah, memory, like a, yeah, like a bloody shirt, like all of it's pretend. That's what we show people when yeah. we walk through. But no, it was like, it was so cool, and yeah, that's when I was watching CSI, so I was like yeah. super into all that. Yeah, I went in high school. At my high school to graduate, you had to do a senior experience, uh-huh. and so you had to job shadow somebody and then talk about it. So it was like a public speaking, write a paper down thing. Anyway, it was busy work. Yeah. And I followed an ID tech for the Berkeley Police Department, and so I went on a couple like ride along thing, and it was all it was just like crime scene like collection of and like taking photographs and stuff like that, and uh, as like a supplement to that i went to the county crime lab and i remember when i was there my mom went with me and, and we were like we loved csi and all this stuff we we're just like this is like and then they're, and then they're very sure to be like and on tv they do stuff like this and that's not real mm-hmm. and like this is the other and this is how long that takes and blah 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 and uh i remember when we were there they're like normally we would take you guys through this part and explain what was back there and they said but we have um lacey peterson's body <gasps> currently and oh. we're on major lockdown Whoa. because it was so high profile. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Your mom's a good mom, too. Yeah. You have a good mom. Oh, she went on all, like, <laughs> she went all sorts of, like, I remember she and I went and listened to, like, North African music at the Ashkenaz, <laughs> like, for some, I can't remember why I had to go do that. Yeah. We went to Deaf Church. Oh, yeah. You all, you always talk about that. That Deaf was really Church fun. was a really interesting experience. Yeah um but we digress you guys thank you so much we we we're now up to 109 reviews on itunes uh, which mm-hmm. just helps mm-hmm. our alg- algorithm we're gonna need another one though because it's odd yeah yeah yeah. I'm, to i need to round it out yeah yeah, yeah. well 200 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Get on it if you haven't rated liked or subscribed yet please do that that really helps us um in the long run i also wanted to give a big shout out to everyone who donated um i'm gonna leave one to the end because I feel like we're going to go on a tangent. So thank you, Ash, for your reoccurring um, donation. Uh, we have Alexis. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Douglas, thank you so much. Douglas. Uh-huh. You know this person. They go by Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an Uncle Doug. And I was like, Uncle Doug? <laughs> no. Cody B. Thank Yo. you. And then Kathleen, thank you so much for your reoccurring uh, um, donation. And a big shout out to Sarah M. for being the first and only so far to donate to the Buy Jackie a Star uh, Foundation. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make one of those charts, the little thermometers, and like fill it in and be like, because I think the star is like $35. And we, guys, we have a dollar. Who? Who are you paying? <laughs> Look into this. The guy. I what? Okay, wait. I wait, wait, truly want to know. No, wait, now like, no. we've gone off. About, I truly want to know who's selling these stars. Can I ask you a question? Are what, you an LLC? Who what, are you? What if it's NASA? What gives you the right? What if we are essentially donating the money? States doesn't own stars. NASA. Yeah. 
NASA owns a star more than Australia owns a star? <sighs> we all look in we all look into the sky at night and see the same star. I was saying like you could buy it to fund like space exploration. Why can't I just science. do something because I'm magnanimous? Why can't I just believe in NASA and give NASA money? Yeah, but they always do that thing like donate this much and then we'll match this and They like- should be like firefighters out on the streets in the median with the boot. They should have a space boot and then like What are you saying? Have you <laughs> What? Are you talking please, about? Please no. tell me no. that you've never seen firefighters on the side of the road with their fire boots collecting money for the fire station. What are you talking about? You've never seen that? They put They're all... They're busy they put, fighting fires. No, they They're put not their, out there with no, their boots. they put their prettiest firefighters out <laughs> on the street with their boots, and it's a fundraiser. They're more than just pieces of meat, Jackie. They don't have to be pretty to be outside. But they put the pretty ones out front. And they're doing what with their boots? They stand. Oh, they stand there with their boots, and people put cash in them, is and they a- like wink, and they're all handsome. Is this? <laughs> is this like a a, a yearly thing? Like, this, can I put this on my calendar? I, this was in California. I saw this in Oregon. They were out in Sun River not that long ago doing it. What? Is this like a monthly thing? And then my buddy, who's a firefighter, I feel like I've asked him about it. I feel like he's done it. I can't remember though. Can I subscribe to this? Oh, now you're into it. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't. I'm just, I, I didn't know the concept. Are they wearing their You've uniform? You've never seen this? Normally this they're in like, hot. normally they're in their like t-shirt with the like, uh, little symbol. Firefighter yeah, symbol. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes they're in like their turnout pants. Yeah. With their boot. I'll donate. Everyone does. My mom. It's so fun. My mom was one of the first women firefighter of California. That is a fun fact. She's a badass. I used to play in her, um, her like uniform and stuff. It was very, very smoky, yeah. and the helmet is really heavy. I was a child. It's but all very heavy. <laughs> it's very heavy, huh? Yeah. Anyway, anyway I, I'll I donate. Think, I think astronauts could do the same oh my thing God. if they had a space boot. You know that you would put some change or some cash into it. Yeah. Do they have a, like a bell? Is it like a Salvation Army kind of situation? Or they're just out there? They put the prettiest astronauts. <laughs> Um, uh, what about for our podcast? We will put the prettiest one out, <laughs> out on the street with a microphone. Uh, but yeah, put money into this microphone. Oh, uh, that's fun. Who else does this? It's a firefighter thing. Police? Never seen it. Uh, Police don't do like rides. Bakers? And... I don't know. No, firefighters. Because mm-hmm. they've got the boots. They've got the iconic boot. Ugh. Stinky. You're stopped at a stoplight. It's not that long. Now we're at a stoplight? It's not in front of the firehouse? Mm, sometimes it's in front. Like, the one in Sun River, the firehouse is out of the way, so they wouldn't get the traffic of If you're in Central Oregon and you know when this is going down, please let me know. How much we donate? <laughs> That's why you want to know? Uh-huh. Because you want to donate to the firefighters? It's for science. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's going to wrap up intermission. Um, if you can... Leave us a review. If you can, just tell a friend about our podcast. If you have more information about firefighters, let us know. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. That was quick. That was really funny. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of the show. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back. How was break? Break was good. Did they tell you some cool stuff? <laughs> I get you every time. Yeah. Us. That's because it's disjointed for me. <laughs> um, Jackie. Yeah. 
I have a mild bummer story to tell you. Okay. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mentally? Um, we went from a big bummer to a mild bummer, and then I'll get you some self-care. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Right up top. Sources. Wikipedia. Um, I watched a 60 Minutes Australia Ooh. episode about this case. Uh, the New York Times has an article uh, by Joe Cochran. Um, I also looked up some stuff on John Hopkins' website. And I went to eurekaalert.org for a forensic research piece. Okay. I kind of nerded out on this one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to jump right in. So I'm going to tell you about these people. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So Jessica Kamala Wongson, Wongso and Wyan uh, Myrna Selinian were born in Indonesia and they both moved to Sydney and they didn't know each other at this point, but when they're in Sydney, they both go to um, a design college named Billy Blue and they meet there and it's in North Sydney and they become really close friends. This is an Australian tale. We're going to go back to in Indonesia. So oh. we're all over the place. Um, so Jessica is known as being really friendly, bubbly, and goofy. And Myrna is very sweet and full of life. And after college, Jessica becomes an Australian resident. And she's, she, like, stays there and she works. And um, – sorry. So after college, Jessica becomes uh, an Australian resident. So she stays in Sydney. She lives and works there. And then Myrna actually goes back to Indonesia with her boyfriend. And then fast forward six years and Myrna visits uh, Sydney and she like looks up Jessica and they like hang out and they're catching up and they're actually like at this restaurant chatting and um, Jessica's telling Myrna all about this guy she's seeing and Myrna's just like, you need to break up with him. He's like abusive. He's like into drugs. Like he's not good for you. And Jessica just kind of goes quiet and then gets up and storms out of the restaurant. And she's just like, I can't believe that yeah, you would say these things. tell tell me to dump my boyfriend. And Myrna feels like super weird after this interaction. There might've been more that we don't know about, but she starts to avoid Jessica um, during like solo hangouts. Like she wants, always wants to make sure other people are around. Huh. Um, but that could be like, if you get into any yeah. argument with a friend, it's kind of awkward. Um, so fast forward another year and Jessica is hospitalized five separate times um, because she's attempting to take her own life. Okay. Um, and on one occasion, she is drunk driving and she crashes her car into a nursing home Whoa. and she barely misses the bedrooms of the res- residents. Nice. Um, so she's getting in trouble for that. Um, and then soon after this accident, Myrna, who's back in Indonesia, is getting married. And so they have this like really beautiful ceremony and like you see footage from it. Jessica's it looks- down in... Sydney. Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's really beautiful. Like they had really good production value and yeah. their videographer. Um, but they don't invite Jessica. Weddings can create drama. Um, and then days after the wedding in late 2015. Uh, so Jessica, who's back in Sydney, she's uh, let go from her job. And um, she's like, you know what? I've had it in Sydney. I'm going to go back to Indonesia. And they actually live in um, Jakarta, which is the capital of Indonesia. Um, And this is also where Myrna lives. So Jessica is aware that she's not invited to this really awesome wedding? Oh, yeah. She knows about it. Yeah. Oh, pictures are everywhere. Video. Yeah. Um, So once back home, uh, Jessica invites Myrna and uh, their other friend, Hani, uh, to catch up. 
And they agreed to meet on January 6th of uh, 2016 at a restaurant called um, Olivier Cafe, which is in uh, this really affluent shopping center. And hours before they're supposed to meet, Jessica texts the girls and she's like, hey, like, what do you guys want to uh, order? Like, drinks are on me. Like, I'll get us some coffees and blah, blah, blah. Coffee? Oh, dang it. No. Nuts. Why is that bad? I don't know. That's a tie. I know. <laughs> This is crazy that you're upset that I... <laughs> I didn't want to say it quite yet. <laughs> oh, it was like a specific unveiling yes, of your tie? Yes. My apologies. All right, guys. The cat's out of the bag. The wow. tie to the espresso martini is a coffee. Nuts. <laughs> I'm baffled that this is bothering you. Because I have it highlighted down in my story okay, and it okay. was like a whole thing. My okay. apologies. So, anywho. I'll never do that again. <laughs> No, that was really, you were like paying attention and I appreciate it. Because sometimes I forget my time. So, (laughs) Um, okay. So this is where the case gets really interesting to me because in in Indonesia, they have all these CCTV cameras everywhere. And so you actually get to watch everything that's about to happen. Okay. So on the footage, you see Jessica getting to the cafe at like 3.30. And so she's an hour and a half early to their meetup. And so then you... Early. uh Uh-huh. And then you see her leave the restaurant two minutes later at 3.32 p.m. And so she's in the shopping center at this point. I don't know who's going to kill who. I I think you're setting this up for Jessica to be mad about not going to the wedding. Mm -hmm. She's going to kill Myrna? Myrna. But there's Bonnie, too. But I don't really know. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? You'll tell me. Okay, perfect. Um, so then at 4.14 p.m., Jessica returns to the restaurant with three large bags, each containing a tiny bottle of liquid soap. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> you said that like it was normal. Yeah. What? Jessica <laughs> shows up an hour and a half early. Uh-huh. She's there for a couple minutes. Uh-huh. She leaves. She's Now she's in a shopping center. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. she comes back with three duffel bags. No, no, no. Three large bags. Like shopping bags. Okay. <laughs> I'd turn them into duffel bags. Three large shopping bags uh-huh. full of... No, no. Each one just has a tiny bottle of liquid soap. <laughs> you you took everything I said and like went I, a different direction. I imagine three duffel bags and inside are like tons, hundreds of little like Dawn dish soap. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm glad you clarified because maybe someone at home was that Has a wild too. imagination as well. This three is- shopping bags. Yeah. In each bag, one single little bottle I shouldn't have told you any of these details because it doesn't mean (laughs) oh it doesn't matter (laughs) it's weird though yeah yeah, yeah. it's weird the bags are gonna come back into play but so they do matter but not the tiny little bottles of soap inside (laughs) okay okay so she jessica's then seen on the cctv looking at the different cameras so she's like in the restaurant she's looking at all the cameras and then she's looking at different tables and she eventually picks a booth which has a CCTV directly behind it, but there's a plant that's blocking its view. Um, but um, there's actually another camera across the restaurant that has a clear view of the table mm-hmm. front on. So she goes over to the booth, she sits down, and while she's sitting there, she picks up the three bags and she puts them on the table. And um, this blocks the view of the camera from across the restaurant. And she doesn't just leave the bags on the table she starts like shuffling them around little by little and so more of the view is blocked so you could see her like upper torso like neck up but you can't really see the table at this point yeah oh (laughs) 
Um, okay. And so an hour before Myrna and Hani are supposed to arrive, she orders a Vietnamese iced coffee. Awesome Thai. That's where I was going to be like, and that Those are thai. tasty too. I don't know if I've had one. I think I have, and I remember them as being very good. Hmm. Okay, so she orders the Vietnamese iced coffee, which is for uh, Myrna, and then she orders two other drinks, uh, which arrive at the table at 4.24 she asked p.m. Them earlier what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those get to the table at 4.24 p.m. Uh, while she's waiting, she keeps moving things on the table, and she's seen moving the iced coffee. At 5.16 p.m., Myrna and Hani arrive, and they make their way over to the booth, and they sit down, and Myrna immediately takes a sip of the iced coffee. And in the footage, you can see Myrna, she, like, puts up her hand, kind of like if you smelled something bad or, or something hot, or she's yeah. kind of waving her she's hand reacting. in front of her, yeah, in front of her face. And it looks like she's grimacing a little bit, but... Like, the, maybe, maybe she put a sneezer in there. Maybe there's some little soap. Maybe. <laughs> Tiny little soap bottles coming right? back. Uh, and then a couple minutes later, you see her waving her hands in front of her face again. And then a minute later, her head falls back against the booth, and she collapses. And she starts convulsing and Whoa. foaming at the mouth. And employees and, man- and a manager rush over to the booth to help. And Je- Jessica keeps asking the manager, what did you put in the coffee? What did you put in the coffee? Mm. And the manager... Jessica, what did you put in the coffee? <laughs> and the manager's like thinking to herself, that's a really weird question. Like this is a yeah. weird... Something's off. Yeah. And so she had the wherewithal to grab the drinks from the table and put them in the back to Good save on them. you, manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then restaurant employees would later note that Jessica showed like little to no emotion while mm-hmm. Myrna is convulsing and she didn't make any he- effort to like go over to Myrna and like help. Yeah. So an ambulance is called to the cafe and Myrna's rushed to the hospital and she dies an hour later. So in the meantime, the manager lets the police know about the drink she had saved and they, they test them and it comes back positive for 298 milligrams of cyanide. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Which according to John Hopkins when ingested as sodium or potassium cyanide, the lethal dose is 100 to 200 milligrams. How much is left in this coffee? Uh, I should only took like a sip. But if you think like if 100 milligrams yeah, yeah, could yeah, be, yeah. yeah, and you're at 298, yeah. and say it's like right at the top mm-hmm. or in the straw, yeah. And then an, autops- an, an autopsy is performed, which, by the way, Myrna's family objected to a full autopsy Why? due to religious reasons. Uh-huh. So only Myrna's stomach, liver, and urine are tested. Okay. And so when Myrna's stomach is tested 70 minutes after she dies, it, sh- uh, it doesn't show any traces of cyanide in her gastric, f- gastric fluid, bile, liver, or urine. So when tests are conducted uh, three days later... 0.2 grams of cyanide is found inside Myrna's stomach, which is weird because nothing was found 70 minutes after. I feel like you, you got to work it through. Mm, let me, okay, because I went down a rabbit hole. So let me tell you what I found because I, I researched cyanide poisoning. And that's why I texted you. If anyone were to look at my laptop, I'm uh, probably going to get arrested because it. I said how to test for cyanide, how to poison with cyanide. Oh, dangerous, <laughs> dangerous uh, people. I'm hoping that... Like, You're on the, the list for sure. God damn it. <laughs> we both are. Everybody's on the same list. Many <laughs> it, of our fans I are on this list. Say, um, so I thought this was really weird. Um, but later, like during the trial, um, they have a forensic pathologist from the University, University of Indonesia testify. And he said that... His theory is that she wasn't poisoned with cyanide, that the cyanide that they eventually found in her stomach came from embalming chemicals. Okay. Let's pretend that's true. Okay. 
Which, reasonable. That's, that's a, a reasonable-ish uh, conclusion. Yeah. The uh, coincidental nature of the fact that the drink that she drank that was tested had cyanide in it, mm-hmm. I refuse to throw that information away. Yeah. You know she drank. She's on camera drinking this drink and going, ugh, something's funky. And then she died. Yeah. And then you went, what's in that drink? Oh, cyanide's in that drink. That's what killed her. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but it was weird that there was nothing and then there was something. Yes, I agree with you. Strange. Yeah. But the body is strange. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I went down a rabbit hole yeah. and uh, I went to a website called EurekaAlert.org and they had a, like a research thing on this. And it said, Un- unless cyanide is discovered at the time of death on the mouth or nose, elevated cyanide concentrations can only be found for up to two days due to the relatively short half-life of cyanide from yeah. minutes to hours, depending on the m- matrix. Detection of cyanide may only be feasible within the first few hours allowing exposure. Moreover, the unpredictability and reactivity of cyanide leaves direct measurements highly susceptible to errors introduced during the sample collection and separation step. So they were saying that okay. the way that they test for cyanide now, like the, the methods that they have aren't reliable. Because of its half-life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, what is the result of this? Well, I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> it's going to have a touch of Amanda Knox and OJ Simpson. What? Yes. Here we go. There's nothing, like, directly tied to them. But no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on January 10th, so a couple days later, investigators question Jessica f- five different times, and they conduct three reenactments of the murder. They go back to the restaurant with Jessica and have her sitting. There are pictures of her sitting at a booth weird. with somebody else with her, like, Reenactments are weird. Yeah, especially with the person that they're accusing. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah. The, in the staircase. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Oh, and I her son? <gasps> with the with the the help, help from yeah. the, the stair recording. Oh. Ugh. If you haven't watched the st- the st- watch the staircase. staircase. Oh. It used to be hard to watch. You had to like find somebody that's Sundance channel. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of long to get through, but it is. It's worth it. Uh-huh. It's like the jinx. Oh, the jinx. <laughs> it's worth any time where you're like, why am I watching this? Uh-huh. It's worth it's it. It's so worth it. Um, okay. So, oh, and this is a weird aside. So during this time, they have a funeral for Myrna and like everybody's there and there's footage from the funeral and you see family and friends crying. Jessica there. And then Jessica's there being super uncomfortable at a table. Like just, but you don't know is how people react. Is she under investigation? Yeah. I don't think socially you're allowed to go to the funeral of the person you're accused of killing. Yeah. She did. I know. I, I know. I, yeah. I, I, understand, I understand. And my timeline might be a little Well, and let's, pre- let's pretend that you didn't kill your friend. Yeah. How horrible. You watched your friend die, and now they're having a funeral. If I'm on trial, like if I'm going to bow out of that one. Mm-hmm. She's not on trial yet. They're just talking to her. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. OJ went to Nicole's funeral, and it was a whole big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so on January 30th, so we're like at the end of the month now, uh, Jessica is charged with the murder of Myrna and is taken into police custody. And again, you have this awkward footage of her coming down these like steps from the police station and there's a bunch of reporters and she's standing there and she's smiling and she's, she's being weird. She's this posing. is the even part of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, there's more. Because everyone, people are weird. People are strange. They react to things strangely. 
You can't really hold that against someone, but it does make you feel funky. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, mm, why are they being that way? Because <laughs> then, I mean, you could say it with uh, 911 calls or people getting interviewed. Like, they yeah. were crying too much. They weren't crying enough. Like, yeah. yeah they were overdramatic. How they were are you supposed to react? Yeah. It's my first time going. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. It's a visceral response. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. So, Indonesian. Where? Okay. Oh. <laughs> At this point, of you researching the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you know the end first. Like I don't know how you worked it. Yeah. But let's pretend at this point of the story, in your mind, did Jessica do this? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh huh. But then, we'll, we'll get we'll get into it. Why did she ask the manager what'd you put in this coffee? It's so strange. What did the manager put in the coffee? <laughs> did the manager do it? Why would why would Why'd she hang on to the cups so that she could put cyanide in them? Mm. I like how you're working this. Well, I'm, okay. Okay. The, the simplest is oftentimes the truest. Mm-hmm. I think bitter Betty Jessica killed her friend. But yeah. let's see. Okay. Okay. So Indonesian police contact Australia. Okay. Because that's where Jessica was. Now. Yeah. She's a citizen now? So, yeah. 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 But she moved back to Indonesia, but she was just working or, or living in Sydney for X amount of years. Okay. Um, so they're like, hey, do you have any background information on Jessica? And they're like, yes, we have some confidential files regarding Jessica. What? Mm-hmm. And her psychological state. What? Mm-hmm. So this includes a restraining order against her uh, made by an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, um, they, oh, and so this was the stipulation. So Australia is like, we'll give you all this information. But if Jessica goes to court and she is um, tried and found guilty, she cannot be uh, put to death. And oh. It, in Indonesia, that's like firing squad. So they're like, we'll give this to you, but mm-mm-mm. Didn't Australia do, th- so... There was a story we told a long time ago. It was the deep ocean shot mm. where they went scuba diving mm-hmm. and they were like, look, we'll only send him back to you if you promise not to kill him. And yeah. the U.S. is like, don't tell me my business. Uh-huh. Well, that's what Indonesia is about yeah. to do. So they're like, well, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but the minister. Oh, my fingers were crossed. <laughs> <laughs> my toes. Uh, the minister can't give a guarantee. Uh, because prosecutors decide what penalty to pursue and the courts can impose any penalty they like. Okay. So they're like, well, you know, that's not quite how we do it here, but yeah. thanks for the information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they also interview uh, Jessica's former boss. I for- love this story. Yeah. When I first started it, I was like, Mah. it was so good. I like it. Okay. So they interview her ex-boss and they do this for like nine hours. They also do like a reenactment of that. And it's so uncomfortable um and so these are legal people doing reenactments or this uh is a show um this i think that this part was for the show but when they had jessica doing the reenactments that was for the trial crazy and then they did another reenactment in the courtroom not just at the restaurant um okay so they interviewed the boss and the boss is like oh yeah jessica had like a like two personalities she could be really sweet or she wasn't getting her way she could be really mean yeah and she's like i ultimately fired her because she when one of the episodes she tried to uh take her own life she was in she was hospitalized and so her boss went to go visit her and she's like they're not letting me leave they're act they're making it seem like i killed someone and if i wanted to kill someone i would just know use poison and i know the exact dosage to use and then she also sent a death threat uh-huh. she sent a death threat to her boss saying i'm gonna kill you and your mom 
And, and your mom. And your mom. <laughs> I see now how the ex-boyfriend had a restraining order against yes. her. Yeah, yeah. So she seems a little um, dramatic. Yeah. Oh, and then like the the thing with her boyfriend, he said that he got the restraining order because he knew as soon as they broke up that she was going to go Try off the kill him. rails. Yeah. Um, okay. So all that's going on. And then the trial begins on June 15th, 2016. And Jessica is portrayed as this like sophisticated, foreign educated young woman who comes from an upper class family. And it doesn't help that her family hires this top celebrity defense uh, lawyer named um, Otto Hazaban. And so um, you think of like the OJ trial and how yeah, they have yeah, that the dream high, team. The high team. Yeah. So the nearly five month trial is broadcasted live. This is OJ. Uh-huh. And becomes a national spectacle and it was, is referred to as the coffee murder case. They should never broadcast no, trials. No. It doesn't... It doesn't help anyone. Even the judge in the OJ trial was getting weird about being on TV and mm-hmm. everyone was like, what is he doing going on late night shows? He's a fucking judge. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not okay. Conflict everyone, of interest. Everyone gets a little fame crazy. Um, okay. And so it's televised and Indonesia just becomes obsessed with this case. Yeah. And they go to... And like to the point where people are going to the restaurant where everything happened oh, and they're sitting in the booth that they yeah, sat in yeah. and they're ordering iced <gasps> Vietnamese coffees ah! to the point that the restaurant regularly runs out of iced coffees. That's crazy. Ugh. People are crazy. I hate it. Um, and Like, in- we're weird about murder. Like, we're not normal. Yeah. But we also don't do shit like that. No, 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 no. No, that makes me uncomfortable. Someone died. Yeah. It's not okay. It's not a theme park. No. Okay, so in terms of public attention and media coverage, Jessica's case is similar to the O.J. Simpson trial, as I said, and then also with the Amanda Knox because of the way I feel like she's portrayed in the media. Yeah, it was a real media storm. Mm -hmm. And so people become divided on whether they think she did it or didn't didn't do it. And on one hand, the urban middle class... Who did it? (laughs) What did she die of? Well, we're going to keep going. Okay. Okay. So on one hand, the urban middle class sees Jessica as this like framed woman who is struggling to prove her innocence and she's a victim of a biased and incompetent legal system. And this is because it is a badly kept secret that judges and prosecutors take bribes. And- oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. It's possible to be guilty and not be treated fairly. Yeah. Yes. We've seen it in a couple Ooh, cases. Okay. And, and oh, even beyond that, in order for judges to get sought after positions, they literally need to buy it from their superiors. Huh? So you know how like... Like a medallion, like a taxi medallion? You have to buy a medallion, then you're allowed to be a taxi person? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so, so say like Supreme Court. Like if you wanted to be on the Supreme Court, you just have to buy that position. You're like, hey, Billy Bob, I see you want to retire. I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'll- legally, that's how it works, or that's just how it works. That's a. It's a. It's like a, under under the table. That's just how it. Like everyone knows how it works. It shouldn't work like that. But crazy. Yes. Hmm. And so specifically looking at Jessica's case, there um, are actually allegations that senior Indonesian police refused to allow her lawyer to accompany her during questioning. Uh, Police denied that they forced her lawyer from the room, but admitted that they asked the lawyer to leave the room to to prevent him from influencing her statements. So they got to like... Literally his job is to influence uh, her statements. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel... Uh Uh-huh. 
It's not rooted in fact. Like, this is a, an opinion that I don't want held against me. I feel like she did it and she's not being treated fairly. You you think she did it? And she's, she's not being treated fairly in her... I mean, from the point of the story I'm telling you right now... How, what did Myrna die of? I can I will tell you. <laughs> this is what bothers me. Okay. So, Jessica's supporters feel this injustice is, like, so, like, strong that they create uh, a Facebook page called Save Jessica Kamala Wongso, Wongso, and it has more than a thousand members, and they start advocating for her release, and some of the participants make videos and t-shirts, and they, they come up with songs yeah, it's to, to support Jessica. Um, so on the flip side, though, you have lower income Indonesians who see Jessica as this young woman who comes from a wealthy family, and she's just using her status and influence mm-hmm. to, like, get out of trouble. Yeah. And uh, because her case is constantly being aired on the news, they start to view her case like a soap opera. And she's yeah. this, like, rich, villainous character. Um, but so back to the trial. So the evidence against Jessica is mainly circumstantial. Even prosecutors appeared reluctant to proceed to trial, and they asked police for evidence on uh, four occasions. They're like, can we get some more ammo? Because we don't really... We some more that evidence. <laughs> Uh, so since there wasn't any direct evidence the trial consisted largely of expert witnesses for both the prosecution and the defense which focused on jessica's mental state and post-mortem tests on uh, myrna's body however none of them examined jessica themselves they never chatted with her they never interviewed her Hmm. and so their testimonies appeared to be opinion-based for example one described jessica's reaction to myrna collapsing as strange because the cctv footage did not show jessica trying to help myrna and another expert testified that it was unusual for someone to place their bags on a table when the seat beside them was vacant, which is such a... Mm, that's opinion. That's opinion. Um, and then the trial also relied heavily on the CCTV footage from the cafe. But the thing is, the original copy was never given to the defense. And instead, police gave them a copy of the video on a flash drive, which raises concerns that it may have been tampered with and frames might have been lost. Mm, yes, but mm-hmm. no. No? Yes, but no. You don't think so? Yes, but no. <laughs> yes, possible. Because in possible. the... Did it happen? I don't think so. But is it possible? Yes. In You're the... always going to argue possibilities. <laughs> so in the in the footage, you... Are there skips? Does she go like, wonk? Well, I don't know. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. <laughs> wonk. But the bags are obstructing her view. So at one point, it looks like she's fumbling with something, and you can't really see the drinks, but they pulled up her like text message like thread or whatever, mm-hmm. and they saw that when she was fumbling behind the bags, she was also sending a text. That's fine. But the the defense is saying like, oh, that's when she was poisoning the coffee. Mm. So you just never see her put what anything into the drink. What was she doing there an hour and a half early? What she was, was that ex- all about? She was excited to see her friends. She came to the restaurant. Maybe she's like me. I have to get there really early. I have to see what everything is. I have to look at the menu, know what I'm going to order. But you don't know this about me. Sounds exhausting. I well, I don't. This sounds exhausting. Yeah, Th- that is my life, Jackie. I just- like this just let that go you don't get like panic for like not knowing what you're gonna order at a restaurant especially because no, it doesn't matter no one else cares what i'm getting don't i don't i'll care. be okay no 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 it's the time when you sit down and people are talking to you and yeah. you're trying to make a decision and they're ch- chatting with no, you then the waiter comes by and they're no. like your eyes were, and then you go i am so sorry that's a nightmare looked oh that's a nightmare it is it's awful and then they joe they laugh with you and they're like you asshole figure it out and then they walk away <laughs> I tip well. I know that I'm annoying to a degree. Yeah. But isn't it better for me to know, like, then I can focus on you instead of the menu. I 
I guess I'll allow the idea of like pull it up online before you go. But visiting before that's no. Oh, uh, it's exhausting. Yeah, it sounds exa- like let's I think you'll be less tired <laughs> if we just remove some of these things that don't matter. Yeah, it's anxiety in me. Yeah, well, I'll figure that out. Okay. You are my fun coach. <laughs> okay, back to the trial. That leaves no room for flying by the seat of your pants. When you get there and you're like, I was going to get fish and chips, but my God, this sounds amazing. Or the or your friend ordered something, you're like, oh, that just sounds right. No, no, it's like, it's like having a plan, a backup plan. Like, I have a plan. So if, if something like that were to come up, like, if you were like, mm, burger, I was like, oh, that sounds way better than what I was going to order, then it's fine. But can we zoom out and go, it's just going out to lunch and it doesn't matter, so it doesn't require a backup plan? No. Because what about this? What about when you're like, ooh, I'm going to get X. Yeah. And then you're excited about it. Yeah. And then they walk up and like, oh, we're out of X. Oh, I have two, I have two things picked out. No, so I just like live in the d- disappointment yeah. and then come up with a new. Yeah. This is fascinating. Uh-huh. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Different. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the trial. So there's also uh, the incomplete autopsy that you keep asking about, which shows. I got bent out of shape about the. I mean, I 100% understand the family mm, feeling yeah. that way, mm-hmm. but that's going to really throw a wrench in your investigation. Yeah. Um, okay, so the t- autopsy showed little signs of cyanide poisoning, and so the defense argued that Myrna's death could have been from natural causes. Like what? Defense experts from Australia said a natural cause of death couldn't be ruled out, and that based on the toxicology Gee, okay, reports, yeah. uh, it couldn't be concluded that Myrna had died from cyanide poisoning. If I fell off a building, <laughs> it's possible uh-huh. I died of natural causes on the way down. Yeah possible yeah but you highly unlikely yeah yeah yeah. but it's a i mean it goes back to other cases Ah, i have a really crude example but uh someone who like when they're trying to determine the death they're like was it from the strangulation was it from the drowning was it from the stab wound yeah and that ultimately okay billy bob was billy bob is such a bad guy billy not not, well billy bob (laughs) um billy bob was the one who did the stab wound to the heart and that was what ultimately killed the person versus michael who was choking versus you know what i mean so you want to ultimately find out what caused the death conclusively yes but at the same time all three of those dudes are in trouble (sighs) yeah yes but one will get the death penalty yeah i guess the death penalty thing sometimes i almost feel like makes such a mess of everything that if they just took it out things would be a little bit more straightforward Mm -hmm. okay let's keep going okay so, uh, you, you have annoyed me. I know. <laughs> my favorite thing to do to you. Um, so Jessica's supporters, um, often mocked how amateur and unsophisticated the state prosecutors were during court. Um, sometimes it's crazy how unprofessional lawyers are. Yeah. Yeah. I hold them in such like how long they went to school, uh-huh. smart, great, all that stuff. <laughs> and then like, if you've seen them in action, uh, uh-huh. They're human. I know. Yeah. It really destroys the <laughs> fantasy. Well, <laughs> and I think, to be fair, we see these polished versions of themselves. For sure. In movies and in I, TV yes. shows. Yeah. It makes watching someone just did doing a job. Did you or did you not step out? 
<laughs> if you haven't listened to Serial, you got to the podcast. Oh, that's a frustrating series. Um, okay, stick with me. We're yeah. almost there. Okay, yeah. so the state prosecutors um, also lost credibility on several occasions during the trial. One example that actually went viral uh, was when the prosecutor, after establishing that Jessica had ordered the victim her coffee, mm-hmm. asked, "Is Vietnamese iced coffee hot or cold?" Vietnamese iced coffee hot or cold and jessica sarcastically replies well what do you think Ooh, doesn't look great no so the possibility remains then that um myrna died from natural causes such as a heart attack and an australian pathologist supported these conclusions testifying that he would expect much higher levels of cyanide in the stomach of a person fatally poisoned um there would also be cyanide in the bowels and the liver he explained that the onset of cyanide poisoning typically occurred uh, up to 30 minutes after ingestion not two minutes as a prosecution claimed other typical indications of cyanide mentioned by defense experts including red skin the smell of cyanide and poison in the stomach were not present other important issues were ignored by the judges after um myrna apparently complained about the taste of the coffee both hani and the uh, cafe owner tasted it but suffered no ill effects hold on Mm -hmm. you met up with your friends for coffees Uh uh-huh your friend drinks the coffee and Uh goes oh makes a face yeah your friend keels over no 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 sorry myrna takes a sip and is like, oh, 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 and pushes it to Jessica and Honey. Honey tries it. Okay. It's not like she watched her friend die and was like, no, give me a sip. No, no, no. That's no. how I heard nope. that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. This tastes terrible. You taste. You yeah. People do that. Yeah. Then you're like, why do I want to taste the thing that tastes bad? Yeah. But you taste it. But you taste it because <laughs> you need to know. Well, at that point. But Jessica doesn't try it. Let's rewind. Yeah. There's cyanide in this iced tea. It's been tested. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. This is like the man who died, but how did he reach? He was on an ice block. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the joke or the riddle? Yeah. Yeah. This is like a riddle. Mm-hmm. Are you not giving me a piece of the information or do I have all the information now? You, ha- you, you have all the information now. So it goes back to, did so say she didn't do it. And then the police, she it's so publicized that maybe police co- corruption and or legal si- system corruption put the cyanide there. Maybe it was the, the you know, somebody at the I restaurant. Think I think we're too far along. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, during the investigation, enough, it, it was not a thorough investigation. Mm-hmm. And whether Jessica did it or not, you can't prove that she did. Mm-hmm. So maybe she gets away with this murder, and she's obviously cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh. She'll probably get in trouble again later. Uh huh. Has she gotten in trouble since? So she killed somebody. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, the judges on the case were like, you know what? We believe that Jessica killed Myrna out of jealousy and revenge. She was jealous of Myrna's happy marriage and wanted revenge after Myrna had told her to break up with her Australian boyfriend and because she was not invited to the wedding. And so on October 27th of 2016, Jessica was found guilty of the murder of Myrna and she is sentenced to 20 years in prison. But not death. But not death. And she, she's she been trying to appeal and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, she has a leg to stand on. Yeah. I think I think you said it correctly in the beginning. I think she did it, but I don't think she got a fair... 
trial. There was a lot of circumstantial evidence. I just... I just zoom out and I go, well, what else did, what else is an explanation? Yeah. I don't think, can't you tell in an autopsy if you had a heart attack? I feel like there's. Yeah. But they didn't do a full autopsy. They weren't allowed to look at that. They were allowed to look at the stomach, the bile, um, and a couple other things. Which is. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was like a whirlwind. Like, did she did, like, I, I Here's think the she deal. did it. Here's but, the deal. Yeah. I want a full autopsy. I want justice. I don't. I I'm think, on record. Uh, I don't want my whole body going to science. Oh, 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 oh you, you, can, yes, you, okay. Me personally, I was like it's been a couple of years. I don't think no, we could do no, no, no. Autopsy anymore. Me personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll donate all my parts out. You can plug them into other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing doesn't go anywhere. And no matter how you die, you want an autopsy? No, if it's you know, it, no. But maybe it looks like it's natural. But what if you like? I want justice. Sli- like slip away in your sleep. Now? That's curious. I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. Investigate. Okay. If I'm 90, let's let it go. (laughs) It was my time. Yeah. 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 I want justice. (laughs) We'll get you justice. When weird things happen, I'll text my friends clues and I'll be like, let's get you started on the right path. (laughs) This car was weird. Here's the license plate. Yeah. Go missing. Let's start there. Yeah. Justice. Justice. Um, well, that that's the whole case. That's everything for you. What do you think? I told you what I oh, think. Okay. I think she I think she did it, but I don't think because she to my head has the most motive versus being like a random person. Yeah, or just bloop, yeah. peeling over. Yeah. So but I don't I don't think the case was I think the trial was poorly executed. I think the investigative work could have been stronger. I just keep going back to the fact that there's cyanide in that coffee. So much of it. Like, that's obviously what did it. And these two are like, someone told you this tastes bad. So you're not taking a gulp. No. You're going, yeah, it tastes yucky. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she took a sip and then she's like, and it maybe, tastes And yucky. maybe she hadn't had anything to drink. Like, you know, sometimes, like, when you first get something, uh-huh. the like glug glug glug, mm-hmm. like the real slurp. Well, she down. took a couple sips. So she did that. She did this, and yeah. then she gave it to Honey and like the cafe owner, and then she did another sip, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." I'm gonna say that because she drank from something that we know had cyanide in it, mm-hmm. and then debatably had some cyanide in her system during her autopsy, she died of cyanide poisoning. Yeah, and foaming at the mouth and convulsing, like those are yeah, yeah symptoms of. You're cyanide not gonna poisoning. get every symptom necessarily. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I tell you. I tell you. Do you want some self-care from a a listener? Yeah. A listener like you. Okay. So I got, I told Kimberly this one and she about lost her nuts. Oh, so it's going to have a play on words or a pun. Mm -hmm. And because I have it written down, I'm going to nail this. Okay. Because I'm not going to go off script. I'm going to read it. Word for word. Word for word. Oh. Big. I gotta look competent sometimes. Okay. Okay. Um, big shout out to Miss Underscore Catherine. Um, she she was really cute. She like she like, do you need some self care? And she sent me pictures of dogs. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, like cute. doing funny faces like that. Uh, and then she's like, do you want to hear a pun? And then she told me this. Okay, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> what has <laughs> what has two butts and kills people? Two butts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And kills people. An assassin. Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I should have let you struggle through that a little bit more. 
assassin. Assassin. An assassin. That's funny. It's funny. Kimry lost it. I th- I was expecting cigarettes. Some sort of cigarettes. Oh, joke. with a butt? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But two butts. Two butts. Hang on to your butts. <laughs> it's going to be a bumper ride. Um, yeah. Good one. You guys, it's been another week with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We hope to see you next Murder Monday. We hope you enjoyed last Murder Monday. We hope you enjoyed this Murder Monday. I hope you enjoyed next Murder Monday. Oh, yeah. And the Murder Monday after that. And after that. And then after that. On into infinity. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.